0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Juicy Days podcast. I am your host, Miranda Narduzzi, and today... It is part two of the interview that I have done with my sister, Hannah. In this episode, we talk about a lot of deep stuff, including what it's like to grow up with siblings that have different uh, mental health disorders, such as Asperger's, depression, and anxiety, what our parents did um, and how they decided to tell us what it's like to be exposed to a family therapist at a young age and the effects that that has on our development as uh, children. We talk about what it's like to the struggle that you go through watching somebody that you love struggle and how we supported each other, where we could have used more support and why it's important to have a support person. So you can expect all of that and much more in between. Uh, You learn a lot about me and my sister and what, what our upbringing was like. Um, not in all terms. There's a lot of very happy stuff that happened. This is just the deep, juicy stuff that we went through um, based around our mental health. So very cool episode. And uh, when, when you're listening to it, please share it. Um, leave a rating and review. Subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. And I hope you have a great day. So let's get into this episode.
0: Do you like my cup? It says beer me.
1: Mine is empty.
0: You know I think I think with dad we were I at least am always his little girl like his first little girl and I think I'll always kind of have that and with mom as well but she's she's definitely adjusted differently to both of us growing up right differently than dad has adjusted I think. Cause I think, I think dad always has the money concerns and he worries about her happiness, but mom almost let us fail in ways knowing that she would be there. But like, she's like, you know, like they'll get back up kind of thing. And dad did that too, but he was a little bit more like <laughs> upfront about it. I don't know. He was the kind of guy who's like, you
1: be at the, we'd we'd be at the mall with the, at the escalator with a big red button that stops the escalator. And be like i'm gonna press it he'd be like do it we're like i'm gonna do it he's like yeah do it press the button and then we press it and the elevator would stop and the alarm would go off and he'd be like all right now we're gonna stand here and wait for security to come <laughs> and then I, we're like crying we're like no nah. and then we would wait well, there and then security he, would come he, and then tell us what we did and then we would apologize and then we would learn
0: he did that but i think you're also painting it in a in a way that it's you know, you're only really giving a sliver. Like I think he ultimately feels kind of bad about doing that sometimes, because um, no, I think he, he knows that bad. maybe. Well, no, he knows now that like, you know, you and I struggle with like panic and, and anxiousness, and I think he wonders. I think both of our parents feel bad about, you know, did I give it to them? Did something I do? Yeah, I usually, I usually tell them.
1: Usually tell them. I'm like, oh. I don't think it was.
0: Well no matter what you know we're it's it's not that anyone can predict that right like i had i know i know this probably is not related to a question but it it always gets me really emotional because i you know i was i am the oldest but when i was at home i was always you know i i prided myself on being the smart one on being the the good one not in comparison to you guys either it was always it was never like you guys were not good or not as good and i mean like like good hearted or like kind that's what i what i mean right and i never com- when i was younger i never compared myself to you guys i compared myself to my classmates right because i was like all of us are fantastic i love our family okay right it, it, I always I always tried to mimic what my classmates and my peers were doing to also be the good kid, right? And yeah. then when I factored in age and when I started to become aware of intelligence and ability and performance, um, I'd never I still didn't struggle, right? Like I never struggled to like be like, here are good grades. Here is this because mom and dads would sit down with me and they would, I had such positive reinforcement. Right. Um, and this is like, like fifth till eighth or ninth grade. Right. Like I had constant support and it was positive support because I was give. I was basically like walking the talk. I was talking the walk and walking the talk kind of thing. I was, like, the good kid. And, you know, I was in soccer. I was musical, right? I had I was in, like, choir and piano. I did highland dancing. I was volunteering. And I was so excessive. Like, I was excessively good, right? Quote, unquote, the good kid, you know? And so... when, when you were diagnosed with depression and anxiety, what age were you? Um, 14, I think. 13 13, or 14. I think 13. You were in eighth grade. Yeah. Right. So I was 15. I was in ninth, ninth or 10th grade, I think. Um, and that was when you were officially diagnosed. Like I remember specific I was already stories. Like, yeah, I
1: was already like self-harming and like you were, yeah,
0: isolating myself, Yo, Miranda sometimes thinking about that entire like i was I loved you so much, and I was so protective over you. It was I almost felt like your mother sometimes, like at uh, at school or whatever. I hated the idea of people hurting you. And I felt like I had failed you in some way. Like being the older sister to people that are struggling with mental health. Or the older sibling, not even just sister. But, you know, like when when Joseph was diagnosed, I think that put a lot of strain on mom and dad. And then with you, they had no idea how to respond. Like I'm, I'm close to like... Tears are almost like welling up because I I remember all of this. You know, this probably isn't what you wanted your podcast to be about.
1: But I think it's actually really powerful and good.
0: I uh, from the perspective of the, the middleman, which is really what I was because I was doing performing. I was performing well um, because I had support. But that support at the time of you guys getting diagnosed started to dwindle. And uh, you know, when when my structure and everything, and I'm coming obviously my story because I was a teenager, my story will sound a little bit more selfish than anything. But any teenager remembers how they reacted to situations first, and then they they factor in the other other people um or the the outside actors, right? So, even if this sounds inherently selfish and like if I come from the perspective of I felt like this, I felt like that, it is an honest account of my experiences, right? Maybe I, if I had gone through this when I was, you know, like when I, if I'm 24 and I had gone through this, <clears throat> I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be saying I felt bad, I did this. But just just so people are aware, I acknowledge that You know, it it might sound a little bit self centered, but it it is a very honest account. But when, uh, yeah, when Joe was diagnosed, how old was he? He was like four to six. Yeah, like young. Yeah. So, so I.
1: They were feeling him when he was like a baby.
0: Yeah. He wasn't developing the same as you and I. Yeah. So the weird thing is, is like in a. In a triad, right, I'm the oldest, and I have, you know, I, I knew that I was different and weird, right? I never saw you as being different or weird or struggling. I saw you as my little sister who I loved, and I wanted to always be happy and feel safe. Then I get a little brother, and I'm like, oh, fantastic. It'll be like my other friends that have younger siblings. But that was not the case, right? Right. So at the time, I was like both myself and my sister. So it's two of us who are normal, and my brother is having issues, right? This is a for is a is a and like a 12 to 15 year old's perspective, right? And you know, a 12 to 15 year old who's also very acutely aware of others around her, you know, yeah. Um, so. Like I remember di- going to different therapists. Yeah, with the family, like we would with go with the family to be interviewed. Yeah, and uh, I I didn't know that things could be as different for other people, right? That was my first big personal experience. I'm yo, Miranda. Even right now, I have I don't think I've opened up about stuff like this in a little while. You've spoken right? to me like about well, like, no, I mean I this... mean, I'm coming to certain realizations now, even as we're talking, yeah. right? which just which just says, you know, like I, I've grown and matured, but I also realized like, wow, that was something that, you know, yeah. fundamentally, like it changed me during yeah. that experience, right? Yeah, but going to that therapist, like the family therapist for you know saying like, oh, he might be on the autism spectrum. That was my first like memorable, like something that is cemented in my brain, right? Like going into that dim office with the the like beige slash yeah. sandy sandy yellow, right? Yeah. You remember that? With the older lady with like like burgundy hair that like, was like dyed really desk. badly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that place. That was my first experience. I was like th- 10. First, yeah. That was the first, um, exposure, big, like big, not even just exposure, but just like epiphany. Yeah. You know, oh, s- someone close to me is different, right? Not epiphany, but like, pff, bam, whoa, shit. This is hidden close to home. I've always felt different and it was weirdly validating because someone else was going through it. But I'm like, oh, other people feel different too, right? That was like, it was like, oh, okay. And I was like, but this isn't for me. This is for my younger brother. But arguably, I think everyone can also attest to the fact that I've always been closer with you. And yeah. Joseph, I think, is acutely aware of that. And I feel bad about it. And and he, I, I think he knows that like, I it's not that I don't wish that him and I were, closer but you and i grew up together right like nothing can ever replace that bond of i was the big sibling and i saw you struggle with asking for things and so i was like i will make sure my younger sister who i love so much right like i i still feel protective over you you know like i would i would lay down my fucking life just to make sure you felt safe right like I don't think I have a stronger love for anybody. Like I'm close to crying, but I'm not because <laughs> I just don't really cry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I haven't been able to cry in a long time either, which is weird because I used to be overly emotional and like depressed.
0: No, I. I just think I. am really good at processing my honest.
1: Me too. That's what happened. It's back. just, I'm, just really like, good I'm good at. at I'm my so, I just don't have we're to so cry. like. We're so like. Analytical. We're just like are, that. Our um, our logic brain overrides our emotional brain. Almost, I think. No,
0: not true. even. I just that's what happens to me. I I feel emotions intensely, but I I feel them and I let them out in a way that it doesn't lead to crying. I just if it means I have to be surrounded by sad music, I'll do that. Yeah. Right. And it's not that I'm afraid to cry. I'm okay. I'm fine with crying, and I'm very that's open awesome. about being like, oh, I cried yesterday. Yeah. Right. But but ever since getting on like the medication I'm on and being really regulated and feeling good and everything, I just have not had any in- intense emotional reactions to whatever, but yeah, let me, um, is my story going on too long or no, I think it's actually really powerful and great.
1: That, yeah. Like what, what you're speaking about is real. It's raw. And it's like close to home and, um, Okay, I think so that, I think it's I think it, I think people can actually benefit from hearing other people talk about mental health in the family and how it does. Yeah, from affect people. Yeah,
0: if I can backtrack from yeah. specifically from the perspective of someone that thought they were neurotypical and not even themselves, but everyone. Right, there was no inkling that I or even my sister at this point, right, um, would both eventually be diagnosed with things or you know. Be cast into this neurodivergent world. Yeah. Ah. Joe
1: always tells me, he's just like, you don't get it because you're not, because you're a neurotypical. I was like, Joe, I don't know how many times I have to tell you. I actually don't open up to Joe about my mental health history. He's aware, but he doesn't actually know what I went through.
0: So, um, I guess, again, from the perspective of the older sister who is protective, more so of one uh, than the other. You can say that's a shitty thing to be. That's okay. This is just honestly how my relationship with my siblings was. Because I um. I had the approach with my brother as being like, oh, okay. Well, he's younger than me and he's a boy. And so in my head, I'm like, boys have it a bit easier. Boys have it a bit, whatever. So he doesn't need a girl's protection, right? That was my at the time like way back when I was start, kind of forming my my relationship with him eight to nine to ten years old he was six years younger than me I, you know I had already gone through some formative <laughs> years and experiences we just were not as close as my sister and I yeah and that's okay yeah I think that does happen naturally yeah in families um yeah so when he was getting diagnosed, Marina can remember those, you know, exact same moments. Cause I think there's something about like it was, different...
1: a, it was like a snapshot of a memory that like I it's just there.
0: It yeah. stands out for sure. Yeah. And there's I think there's a lot to uh, just how visually unstimulating it was, right? That both of us remember this, right? Like it was yeah. so strange and it it weirdly like it personified itself, you know? Like it it was so muted and it was so bleak and and disconnected from what we were used to that like this office being really just like not cutthroat not like a like a cutthroat design. It was just so like grotesquely mundane. <laughs> it's the best way I can put it. Yeah. That it was memorable because I think maybe the information we were receiving then is really the reason that we remember this. But the experience of sitting there and taking in everything. Yeah, typically memories
1: re- memories are linked to emotion. So if you have an emotion strongly linked to a memory that's what we'll bring back yeah no i'm aware so i think the emotional response that we both had to it clearly it was substantial on my end like emotionally like
0: straining right but that was my first exposure to you know like neurodivergence basically right and neurodivergent meaning the opposite of someone who is neurotypical which you know, it's just like the average everyday person that might not struggle with executive function or emotional dysregulation.
1: Yeah, like they don't or, have a debilitating diagnosis. Thoughts.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so They could function with,
1: even if they had something, they functioning.
0: Easiest way to understand neurotypical versus neurodivergent is you know that your schedule is you go to school Monday to Friday and you have to get up at a certain time. And even though it's difficult to get up, you know, maybe you have sleep issues, but, like, you, you still get up and will go, right? With or without, you know, a parent or an alarm clock telling you, right? Like, you'll just be like, yeah, I got to go to school. Okay, this, 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 this. Um, someone that is neurodivergent, and it could mean a plethora of things, will legitimately, like, their brain will tell them something and their body will not react because there is such an issue with like communication uh, from brain or or at least like beha- like behavior right to to actually action or follow through um and and i think mental health issues can you can really look at it as this is debilitating and it is grossly it is grossly affecting my ability to you know do day-to-day tasks right yeah that's when it becomes a a disorder yeah it it is disorderly kind of thing yeah
1: because it because it it prevents you from being able to respond to a cue appropriately which like leads to like you should it's like the alarm clock cues wake up cues get ready cues go to school or go to work but disorder would be where the cue does not
0: equal the reaction that it should yeah. So executive function versus dysfunction kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And
1: that's so that's a good way to,
0: yeah, for everyone to differentiate with like,
1: because somebody might have like minor anxiety or major anxiety to the point where they physically can't re- leave their house, you know, or you just get anxious sometimes.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, I guess That's if you were eight, I would have been around 10 or 11 when I was like, oh, okay, my brother's different. I did not know what that entailed, but I'm like, okay. Uh, at the time, I was like, I'm friends with different people. And that was, a, again, a 10 or 11-year-old's approach to being like, oh, my brother is going through something. Um, and w- without understanding the complexity of it or the severity or... Like, we're all kids, right? And again, I almost question, should we have been there? Or is there a better way to have an intervention with the siblings who are equally just as young and vulnerable as the person getting told that they are different? Like, I, I really, really, really think, and this is, again, if we can pause this conversation, and as someone... And and I fast forward right. I I'm diagnosed with whatever I have at the age of 21. I and and again as stressful as it was, I went through life without the issue of labeling or the issue of I I was aware I was different. And then I would you know a lot of issues as a teenager. So maybe as a teenager is an appropriate time. I don't know. Um, but I went through everything, everything, quote unquote, normally. And, and and the way i ended up i'm okay with but i really i look back and i almost feel bad right <laughs> for the way that maybe you were introduced to it or joe you know and the way that like you guys had such a different experience growing up like holy shit so fucking different yeah and and like i acknowledge that i'm all of us did have a different experience, but like, literally, Joe went to a different fucking school. Well, Which like is- at the end of the day, like we we mm-hmm. we we
1: discussed the impact of siblings in uh, in understanding in in like witnessing a sibling getting diagnosed and the effect yeah, that it had.
0: I I witnessed two siblings getting diagnosed
1: in completely different diagnosis and Very the effect different. that it had on yourself and family in general yes. and yeah. like how that changed you in your perspective of a, what it's like to be exposed to a mental illness and see sure. maybe, or B uh, maybe I have something because I'm closely related to this, to them. And, yeah. and see They're like, yeah. yep. Yeah. And, and see like, how does this aff- how does this change the way that like i we we develop you know we've discussed all those things
0: yeah and and i mean i don't know if you and i have ever even we've opened up about the experience of sharing joe's journey because and, and but it's unfair to talk about it fully without him without him present. but he
1: doesn't he doesn't like to talk every time i tried it so
0: so then we so then we avoid the so we never really end up talking about it but that's okay. That is his wish. So we yeah, exactly. we don't that's, do that. That's but exactly you we are, respect if, that. if you're open to me sharing like the journey of not the journey but the fucking process of being like, okay, my brother, yes. He um you know needs he has he has a support worker and he has special attention. Okay. Right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I can accept this. Cool. All right. And I was 10 years old. I was 10, 11, 12 yeah. when all of this happened. And then a, few, a year or two later, I'm in ninth grade and I see my literal, like, like best friend who I'm so protective over and would never want anything to happen. I see you crying and breaking down. Sorry, my dog's just starting, started barking. But I see you having a really difficult time, you know, I obviously have an intense emotional response, and I am defensive over you, and I start to, you know, want to retaliate against the party that is making you feel pain, and unfortunately, from my perspective, it was my brother, like our brother, who was causing you a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, issues and, and, uh, and, and pain, and, You know, like you, I saw you suffer so much. And then I started to to develop resentment and develop all of these feelings. But in this, like, strange protective, like, I have to now cocoon her and I have to be there to make sure that I'm in the middle instead of her being the target. Because you, you were the target of a lot of Joe's, like really aggressive behaviors like you received a lot of it and i think it was just because you were closer in proximity and age or or and you were I, just... I was
1: i was um vulnerable for him because i kind of took that role that you took for me over joe you did in a sense yeah. and even like there's videos of me and joe like i would sit there and i would read to him and i would sit there and i would communicate with him yeah and there's like i actually found some recent videos that because we had to you know, record for his therapy purposes, or whatever, to get his behavior on camera to, for his diagnosis. I remember that. And there would just be like, so I spent time with him, and because there was times where he was fun, he was like my fun little brother. But then, yeah. the way that he would flip the switch was like fast and intense,
0: and yeah. Just, just for the record, this is our experience as a result of his. Um, behavior not the reason or us judging or getting angry or or being upset about his behaviors this is just how we responded to them
1: yeah especially at like
0: the age of eight and ten and like as being yeah as being we were all children Um, you and I were not really given proper training and I really wish that we would have we were I not given the, and like also like for the, my parents' sake, like they
1: had no idea what to do either. Like they did not like, like know. if you think of at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to figure life out, right? And so they want to they want to do it right and they want to make sure that they're doing everything right. And so they had a big choice. Do we tell our son that he has this diagnosis or not? Do we tell our daughters that their brother has this or not? Like that's a hard decision to make because it really changes the course that, that you grow up in the dynamic. In. It completely changes it. Like if we knew versus if we didn't know, like that's a big deal. Like in the way that we respond yeah. to it, like you don't know. So that's a lot of pressure on their part. And they, they made a choice. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think they made the right choice. Uh, hence how we turned out though. Like there was obviously pain and like, there's no really like, it's hard to know what's the right and wrong way to do things, but we just tried our best, all of us. Um, And, like, at the end of the day, I went through pain, and you went through pain, and Joe went through pain. Regardless of what they chose, it was going to happen in some way. Yeah,
0: no, the inevitability of being like, this is shitty, right? Yeah. Because growing up as, you know, as the sibling to someone that is struggling, any mental health issues is difficult and you don't realize that until you're older sometimes you do while you're going through it but you don't realize the impact that it has on you or the and also feeling guilty like I I had such extreme resentment to Joe and he's aware of this I know he is everyone is very aware every I I've been criticized by my own family for saying like Hannah you don't have enough patience for him and I'm like they don't Maybe know what you, guys, you went through because they're not considering your perspective. There was a, there was a very large lack of sympathy for the space that I I have tried to advocate for being the middleman. <laughs> like like the amount of the amount of uh it's not that I now like you know it's not that I expected support but I wish there was at least some sympathy. Yeah. And and I mean this from it can sound entirely selfish. That's okay. I'm okay with this sounding selfish. But I, you know, my my brother is going through things. My sister is now suffering from this. Both of my parents are then putting all of this pressure on me unintentionally to be successful. And this did happen, right? I became this like, Like once I, like one of, one of our parents said, yo, you are our star kid. And I'm like, oh, but I was ready to open up about how I was struggling, you know? And then that immediately shut down any conversation I was going to have, right? Being like, I am struggling right now too, because they were already dealing with two kids with different issues. And I did not want to add to that plate, right? And so, when, you know, like, when you were, like, I think some of the worst of it was probably eighth, ninth, and kind of tenth-ish grade. That's what I remember. Then I I was two years older than you, right? I was not there in elementary school, but you know I would have been. But when you were in high school, I was almost too involved in your social life. Like, I I I I honestly needed that. Because,
1: like, I, I remember initially being, like, I bullied too because it wasn't just like my pain was not I wouldn't say it was just from Joe like I had you know I had issues I had anxiety issues social anxiety Yeah. Um, and I had issues with um, my my self image but I also was bullied and I didn't really process you, the bullying yeah. I was bullied by you people were bullied who were by close, close friends.
0: to me I never liked your friends
1: I know a lot of my close friends bullied me even to this school, day for-
0: when what? you were in elementary school, I never liked your
1: friends, yeah. like i I was bullied by mostly the people closest to me. and I and like I now have like a problem with vulnerability, which I understand it can
0: attribute to. yeah.
1: it can attribute to that because the people closest to me were the ones who hurt me the most. And I did, and I allowed it. and and
0: and, all, and i I also was a bit of a player in that, too, right? Like I was close to you, but i was I saw I was jealous of just how, free that I I thought you were, right? Because you were just being yourself. And I saw my friends, you know, gravitating to you in situations versus me. But I didn't take that as a time to reflect on how I was impacting my friends. All I did was I projected that onto you. And then I started to, to, like, you know, call you names and make you seem, you know, like you were the like, like the little bitch. Like I you know, I'd be, I'd be like, Oh, it's my sister, the little bitch. And you know, I will apologize for that profusely. And I acknowledge that my actions severely impacted you, you yeah. know, like, but not as bad. Like for me at the time, like I, I, but honestly I still didn't, didn't have that. to do that. Like I still feel know. bad because I'm the older sister. and I really wish that but I wouldn't
1: let you beat yourself up over that because of the amount of value you've brought me. Like that's
0: really no but not it, as it doesn't it doesn't that doesn't discount at all the fact that I was a part of the problem even for a little bit when I thought that I was being okay right like but at no the same matter time, what I was impede-
1: I was also impeding on your friends no because- no you were not no you you shouldn't think of it that way well that's the you way were- that like like Mom and dad would put it on me. It was that I was impeding. No, on no, it.
0: that was you. No, okay. I think that's, I see what they're trying to do, but I think they saw that I was insecure and that you being there made me insecure. So they probably were just doing or saying that be, on my behalf. But which, really,
1: I'm the kind of, I was always like, you were such a role model to me. I always wanted to be like you. But
0: so I would just be like, I'm like, I'm not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I can't be a shitty person sometimes. Right, like I'm just saying, like I feel so bad, and I still feel guilty about not being a developed enough person. Honestly, like I feel bad. At the same about time, you can't fully blame you
1: yourself. You were also going through your own stuff at the time, which is yeah. And so, and I know it's not an excuse cool. or anything, but I do know, like you had some unprocessed things that you were going through too, and I think the bigger effect was like. I allowed other people to. No, control I, me. I really,
0: I really wish at least me as your older sister who loves you, please do not take that approach to my behavior. Just say, you know what? Yeah, you didn't have to do that. Right. Like, I really, I did not have to do that. I was a dick. And, and I made you feel insecure because I was insecure. And, uh, it just, yeah, no, I, I apologize for that. You, there doesn't have to be any explanation or justification for like, well, you were also sad. It's like, no, I acknowledge that. I've, you know, established like, yeah, I was in a fucking bad place and hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I caused you harm. And that's the thing is that to that's like the that's like the story of my
1: life is that I always surrounded myself with people who are hurting, like my friends that I chose. I chose people who were hurting, and they would constantly hurt me because I was like allowing them to treat me like I was their therapist, or like that I was, you know, I was just unconditionally there for them, and I was to the point where like they hurt me a
0: lot. Like people would just they did. actively bully me. You're, I I remember, <clears throat> right? I was I was what a. 12th or 11th or 12th grade I don't really remember what year with the year that I got that one chick like screamed I was oh no I was gonna talk about the sleepovers Mm -hmm. yeah so one thing that I ended up kind of I was I was almost like an adopted older sister to some of your friends yeah um I I think I enjoyed playing this role of being like the like mature cool like like sister kind of thing like older sister but I also think that there was probably some benefit in knowing that they had someone that was not in their immediate circle that they could confide in so as much as it was like uh, an ego boost for me (laughs) right because it it came from this place of i was i felt lost when i was your age right and this was what like a whole 2 years <laughs> like out in ninth grade i was so lost i wish i had someone oh yeah oh. and i wanted to be that kind of person for people but also like you know during sleepovers i i also think that i wanted to take the load off of you for dealing with some of their stuff So I I remember I would come downstairs and almost be welcomed. And so as much of an of like like an ego boost I would get as being welcomed, because I I loved being accepted into social situations. Yeah. I also knew that I was playing this kind of double role of making sure that you were okay. You know, like I, I I enjoyed being present in your in your friendships. Uh, because I just, I wanted to know what was going on without being too invasive. So I, I remember I tried to play this role of being like the cool therapist, older sister to your friends, but at the same time, I knew that I was, I thought at least that I was helping, you know? That's what, I never actually knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. so you know, Yeah it it was equally it was mutually beneficial for me and maybe your friends <laughs> i don't know if you were aware <laughs> that's awesome yeah like in my own ways i tried to be there for you right but i yeah. I, I in university i felt guilty cuz i was never really able to be there for joe cuz we were like 6 years apart yeah i was never
1: i was you know? mostly the one there when he would allow it
0: i yeah if we're gonna talk about my relationship with joe that's i think a different conversation where he should be present yeah. but my experiences of him and his diagnosis and the impact it had on me i can at least you know speak confidently ish about growing up as the sibling that thought that they were quote unquote normal with another sibling for a few years that they thought were quote unquote normal right um and then when you were going a year or two later right when you went through all of the really intense painful things that you went through and i i tried to be there as much as i could but at the same time i built up this resentment that was in, entirely selfish on my part but I resented that you didn't tell me or something like that, or that you didn't feel like I could come to you. Yeah. Because I thought that we had a different relationship. And then I saw, you know, your actions as being like, it was really unfortunate that the only rhetoric I was exposed to was self harm is for attention because Initially, my first response, I remember, was she doesn't feel as sad as she says. She's just doing this for attention. When, like, my first exposure to self-harm and the only exposure to the conversation around it was, again, like, really, really medical or really, like, male-oriented or, like, you know, it, it did not come from your personal experience or me trying to understand what you were going through my 14 or 15 year old understanding of this was oh joe has something and now she has to have something too that was my first my first initial like intense reaction was like wow so you know joe wasn't enough and now she has to also have some right like that was my right yeah. And like again, I looking back, I feel bad, but I also understands that I was not exposed I was not exposed. Neither were our parents. Even Joe, none of us were exposed to it as much as maybe you, cuz you were involved in Tumblr and everything before I was. That was that was kind of messed. Like that didn't play a good role. It no, Tumblr romanticizes it and encourages it. Yeah. It, like, creates a space where it's acceptable to yeah. do it, you know? So so you had all of these influences in this entire uh, almost validating community yeah. that I was unaware of, not involved in, and there was a mixture of, I thought we had this relationship. I had a limited understanding of self-harm and the meaning of it, Right. And and I was trying to put all these puzzle pieces together, and I'm like, this is that. This. And then, yo, know, literally give it a month, and I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. I was fucking wrong with yeah. my first assumption.
1: Yeah, I remember being like, um, every time I heard the word cut, like, it actually tr- it, it actually triggered like an emotional response, and... I remember trying really, really
0: hard to keep everything covered up.